What is going on, Ball Talk folks? It is good to be back here with another episode. It is 7.20 p.m. on Tuesday, October 16th. And guess what? The NBA season starts in less than 40 minutes with the Boston Celtics playing the Philadelphia 76ers. And later tonight... We get a matchup of Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant. The amazing, uh, you know, episodes of the past where they go at it, and I'm excited for that game. So the NBA season is starting tonight. Um, so for all of you basketball fans out there, I mean, starting tonight for the next, you know, uh, eight months, etc., is time to lock in and see where all the pieces are going to fall. Will the Warriors win the NBA title again? Will they get a three-peat? Will they do what the bad boy Pistons failed to do, what the Miami Heat, the big three, LeBron, Wade, Bosch failed to do? Or are they going to defy the odds and actually do it like the the Michael Jordan's Bulls with Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and, and company? So it's really intriguing season after all of the summer moves. I wanted to record this episode to really uh, give a pre, uh, quick pre uh, start of the season episode, uh, get it up before 8 PM before the, the tip off, uh, in, is, uh, in the, the Boston Celtics for the versus 76ers game in Boston. Um, so there's a lot of hot topics I wanted to focus on. I think for this episode, I really wanted to touch on what are some of the headlines? What are, what are some of the things that we should be looking for as basketball fans with this 2018, 2019 season getting underway tonight? Um, I think right off the boat, I, I really want to kind of focus on tonight's games and uh, Philadelphia-Boston. You know, I, I had will lead on on episode 20 that's up now on iTunes. Please go ahead and check it out. And, you know, Waleed made a prediction that the Toronto Raptors would finish first in the East. And I want to touch on this uh, tonight because, you know, the game's about to start in 40 minutes. We've got Philadelphia versus Boston. And what I actually think will be the top two teams in the East. I think right off the boat, you know, right off the bat, uh, Boston is ready. Boston is ready to get to the NBA Finals now that LeBron has left Cleveland. And my biggest headline here in this, in this really, this rivalry is, can Philadelphia keep up with Boston, right? You look at a team like Boston has so much depth. They've got players like Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, um, you know, the list is endless coming off the bench. And you look at a team in Philadelphia that's got a lot of talent, right? You're looking at Joel Embiid, right? Of course, we got to talk about Joel Embiid, right? His antics of, you know, he plays with a, with a chip on his shoulder. He plays with the idea that no one can beat him, right? Um, so you've got, you know, you've got Joel Embiid, right? Then you've got, uh, you got you to think of Ben Simmons, right? Ben Simmons, uh, what many believe is the next LeBron James, right? Um, so can Ben Simmons do what is asked of him? Can Ben Simmons uh, lead this team with Joel Embiid? But then you got individuals like J.J. Redick, right? Other players who uh, in this Philadelphia team are great, right? But then the biggest question is, can Markel Fultz make a big three in Philadelphia? You know, Markel Fultz drafted number one pick. His rookie year had to sit out because of injury. And, and all of the videos that we saw on social media of his shot being broken and um, him not being being able to shoot, let alone practice properly, play, you know, five on five, 
let alone one-on-one, right? Um, the Markel Fultz that everyone expected to be a superstar wasn't there his first year because of injury. And so now the biggest headline is, can Markel Fultz produce like he did in college at Washington? Can he? Can Markel Fultz come into this Philadelphia offense and be a third superstar piece, right? Because we already know Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid work well together, right? We know that J.J. Redick and, and the rest of the team are, are a good addition, right? The biggest question for Philadelphia is, can Markel Fultz pan out, right? Because I think if Markel Fultz can pan out, then Philadelphia's got a chance of dethroning Boston. I still give the advantage to Boston. I still think this is Boston's year. I think it's Boston's to lose, right? With with arguably the best coach in the NBA and Brad Stevens, I just can't see anyone other than Boston winning out in the East, right? But this biggest headline has got to be, can Markel Fultz make a big three in Philadelphia? Can Markel Fultz, you know, to be completely honest, I'm not asking Markel Fultz to, you know, drop... 25, 30 a night, like we know he can do, right? We know we know from his college uh, experience and, and how he played in college, we know he's a superstar scorer. And, you know, not necessarily, you know, we, we also got to think about game doesn't always translate, right? You might be a superstar scorer in the, in the NCAA, right, in college, but not necessarily going to be a superstar in the league, right? And you think of players like J.J. Redick, for instance, superstar at Duke, one of the greatest college players to ever play the game, and right now he's playing really well. He's had a great career. He hasn't been a superstar in the NBA, but he's been a great rotational player, and no one can take that away from him. Um, but we know this. Markel Fultz is no J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick, excuse me, Markel Fultz can be far better. Markel Fultz can become a superstar in this league. So the biggest question is, will he be able to do it this year, right? Now, if you're Boston, on the other hand, you know, I think the biggest question for Boston this year is really, you know, can they do it, right? They've got, they proved last year they could get to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? They had a team that was, you know, uh, without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Hayward. So now the question is, can they get it all to mesh together, right? Can Kev, can Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward come in with Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you know, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Whoever you can think of, can they get it done, right? Because they've been there before and they haven't finished it. And of course, in front of them was the king himself, Lee King, LeBron James, arguably the GOAT, right? So the biggest question has got to be, will their game change because of, you know, bringing in Kyrie and Gordon and so on and so forth? And I think the other question that Waleed brought up in the last episode, and I really advise you to go look at episode 20, is... Will Boston trade Kyrie? I think this is a serious question. I didn't agree with him at first. I didn't believe that this could occur. But now that I think about it, Boston could very well trade Kyrie Irving in the in the winter. You know how Danny Ainge operates. He is not going to just keep a superstar because he's a superstar. Just because Kyrie Irving is one of the best point guards in the league doesn't mean that Danny Ainge is going to keep him. If Danny Ainge gets in his eyes what he deems to be a better pick and a better move and a, you know, maybe a better superstar, he will make that move. So will he make the decision to maybe, you know, trade Kyrie Irving, get Anthony Davis, and keep Terry Rozier? Terry Rozier proved last year that he can do it. He can play point guard for Boston. Sure, he didn't show up in the playoffs. Now, if I'm Boston, do I trade Kyrie Irving? Absolutely not. 
Kyrie Irving is a top 10 player in this league. He's a perennial all-star. He will go down as one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. He's, I mean, he's one of a kind, right? He's, he's the, he's the best finisher in the league when he's going to the basket other than LeBron, right? So I think that's the big question mark for Boston, right? Now, if we switch gears here and we talk about OKC versus Golden State, wow, what an interesting question, right? Here we have the OKC Thunder, Russell Westbrook. Uh, you know, other players. And the question has to be, can the Thunder, can the Thunder, and I want to keep saying this, can the Thunder live up to their expectations? That has got to be the question, right? We are under three hours away from the, from the Oklahoma City Thunder taking on the Golden State Warriors after the Golden State Warriors get their rings. And this offseason, the Thunder traded away Carmelo Anthony, right? Got rid of Carmelo Anthony. So now you're looking at OKC being, you know, led by, of course, their leader is Russell Westbrook, right? And now you've got Paul George. Paul George proved last year that he can play really well with Russell Westbrook. You've got Steven Adams. You've got other players. But the biggest question in my mind is, will Russell Westbrook change his game? Will he become a more efficient player in the league, right? Because right now, my biggest issue with Russell Westbrook, and don't get me wrong, I love Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, arguably, in my opinion, is the most fun player to watch in the NBA because you know what Russell Westbrook does that a lot of players in this league do not do? Russell Westbrook gives his 100% of his energy to making sure his team is going to win. There is not a game where you don't see Russell Westbrook put his, you know, uh, his effort on the line. Russell Westbrook is going to work hard. He's going to do whatever it takes to be a winner. But his biggest problem, in my opinion, and 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 Russ, if you're ever going to listen to this episode, understand that I love you, and I'm just trying to point this out. Russell Westbrook's biggest problem is he's not efficient enough. And his biggest problem is sometimes he tries to do too much. So Russ, my advice to you is you've got Paul George. Remember that. Remember that Paul George at one point was one of the best small forwards in the league, right? Remember that. Paul George is better than DeMar DeRozan. Paul George is better than a lot of small forwards out there. And if Paul George is healthy, Paul George is a superstar. He is a perennial superstar. Don't forget before his injury, Paul George was a top 10 player in the league, right? And I think you can make an argument that Paul George is a top 20 player in the league right now, right? I'll take Paul George over Gordon Hayward. I'll take Paul George over DeMar DeRozan. I love Gordon Hayward. He's one of my favorite players, but I'll take Paul George over him any day. And so the question there for OKC has got to be, will... Paul George and Russell Westbrook mesh, right? And that's what it comes down to. Now, switching gears here, if you're Golden State, and I think also going back to the OKC point, how are you going to replace Carmelo Anthony? I mean, the, the answer the answer there is easy, right? Carmelo Anthony really didn't have an impact on you know uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. If anything, he had an, he had a negative impact. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not too worried about the Carmelo Anthony thing. I think it was a great move for OKC. I don't think, uh, Carmelo fit into what, uh, was going on in Oklahoma city. On the other hand, I do think that Carmelo might do well in Houston with his buddy, Chris Paul and James Harden, but that remains to be seen. And we'll touch on that in a second. Now switching to golden state here, 
I think the biggest question for Golden State is, okay, we know we can win. We just won the last two NBA titles. We should have won the last three NBA titles. Uh, Excuse me, the last four. If the Golden State Warriors did not choke in 2016 and beat themselves, we would right now be saying that the Golden State Warriors are going for their fifth straight NBA title. And that's what it should be. But instead, we're talking about a team that has won the last three out of four NBA titles, right? They won in 2015, they won in 2017, and they won in 2018. They lost in 2016, right? So this Warriors team we know can win. But I think the biggest headline will be this year for the Warriors will be, can they keep that energy there? Can the Golden State Warriors not become complacent? Can Stephen Curry lead this team? Draymond Green, as we know, is the emotional leader. Can they lead the team to not being complacent, right? Because we all know this. It's the mystique of going for a three-peat, right? The Miami Heat, my team tried it. The big three, LeBron, D-Wade, Bosh, we tried it and we failed, right? Some might say, okay, well, that's because D-Wade wasn't in his prime, right? And, you know, the Heat were kind of getting old and, and whatnot. That may be the case. But I know this. If there's anything I know as a kid who's loved basketball uh, ever since I was a youngin', right? Ever since I was two years old, my first uh, team was watching the Lakers, watching Kobe and, and Shaq and Robert Ory, Derek Fisher. My father had a, you know, a, a Lakers warm-up suit, Um, And then it was Miami for the rest of my life since I was three, you know, since I was, what was it? 2003 is when Dwayne Wade was drafted. So when it, since I was seven years old, it's been the Miami Heat. If there's anything I know about the NBA and if there's anything I know about, you know, seeing my big three play, a three-peat is the hardest, hardest, hardest. And I repeat that word, the hardest thing to do in the league. And so the question then becomes for the Golden State Warriors, can they remain can they remain confident? Can they remain not can they not make sure they not get complacent, right? Because it's very easy to get complacent when all you've done for the last 4 years is win, 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 win. And you know that there is no other team out there that can really compete with you, right? So the question again becomes will the the mystique, will the the desire of getting a three-peat be enough or will it become too much pressure? Will will that pressure and the expectations that the media is going to po- pose on the Golden State Warriors and what we as fans pose on the Golden State Warriors, will that be too much? Will it break them, right? And I'm excited. I'm really excited because I think right now before our eyes is a team that can go on to win the next five, six, seven championships, right? LeBron, when he was in Miami, said not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, right? I'm not saying that to take shots at LeBron. All of you know LeBron is my favorite, is, is I think the greatest player of all time, and I love watching him. I wish he came back to Miami, right? But I am saying that to say we have a team that has the coach, the organizational structure, and all the players to win for the next five years, Well, the question is, can they become one of the very few teams in NBA history to three-peat? And if you're the Golden State Warriors, if you're Steve Kerr, you got to focus all year on tempering expectations. I don't think the Golden State Warriors need to worry about can they win. They know they're that good. But you need to worry about just keeping everybody calm and focused on the goal, right? That you're not just satisfied with three of the last four titles. You want to keep going. You want to become a team that's going to be go down as arguably the greatest ever so that you can compare yourself to the Bulls, right? And that's what you got to focus on, you know? So 
uh, is that, you know, is the question, can they, you know, win in the West? Absolutely. They're the best team. They're the best team in the league. And I'm excited to see uh, what, you know, the, the Warriors can do this year. And I'm excited to see if they take on the challenge and become one of the very first team, you know, few teams in NBA history to three-peat. Now, I think the big question out West has got to be Houston, right? I think Houston at, at, at you know, uh, at, at, um, at uh, face value um, is the second best team in the West, right? They have all the pieces, right? Now, my biggest question for Houston out West is, you know, uh, they traded, they got rid of Trevor Ariza, right? And they signed Carmelo Anthony. Don't get me wrong. Carmelo Anthony in his prime was better than Trevor Ariza. Absolutely, right? But Trevor Ariza played his role effectively. He was the best person that they could have had on that team in the role that he was playing, right? Tenacious defender, and uh, he does his job. He makes threes all night, right? And my biggest fear is that you're getting a player in Carmelo Anthony that sometimes puts himself over the team. And so my question to Houston is, can you, and and to Mike D'Antoni, can you get Carmelo Anthony to buy into the team, not I, right? There is no I in team. And that is true all the way through, right? You look at a team like Boston, they're nothing but a team. They're not Jason Tatum. They're not Jalen Brown. They're not Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford. They are a team because Brad Stevens has them playing like a team. And so my question is, you know, can the removal of, you know, Trevor Ariza and the introduction of Carmelo Anthony mess that up? Because I think what you have in Houston is a very special team. You have a team that is very close to giving trouble and and really taking down the Golden State Warriors, right? You have a team that is led by two of the best point guards and shooting guards in the league and James Harden and, and Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the best point guard, prototypical point guard in the NBA. No no ifs, ands, or buts. And James Harden is, I mean, <laughs> arguably the best player in the NBA, right? And these two have worked extremely well when people didn't expect it. And you had a supporting cast in P.J. Tucker, Trevor Ariza that we know can help y'all win. I mean, you got to the Western Conference Finals last year. And and quite frankly, to the to the Houston Rockets, I hope they proved me wrong, but I got to ask why? Why do you let go of Trevor Reza for Carmelo Anthony when you know that Carmelo Anthony has had issues in New York? He had issues in Oklahoma City. I mean, you know, and again, if if you prove me wrong, I'm happy, right? Because I I the NBA needs nothing more than for the Houston Rockets to challenge the Golden State Warriors and make this a tough season for the Golden State Warriors, right? So, again, biggest question is, I think, how will Carmelo Anthony fit in, and how will it affect the you know success of James Harden and Chris Paul? And, and to be completely honest, I think that Chris Paul is going to play a big factor in that. Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony, I mean, it's no... It's no hidden, you know, message that him, Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul are best friends, right? With LeBron, D. Wade, Chris Bosh, etc. And so I think Chris Paul will play a big factor in that. But all is all remains to be seen. I think the last thing I want to end on and the big headlines for this upcoming season, and we'll touch on more with the next episodes coming up, is LeBron in L.A., right? And I think that's going to be the big headline for the NBA this year is Le- can LeBron carry a young team like 
the Lakers with Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Joel Berry, Brandon Ingram, right? Um, what can LeBron do in L.A. with this team? And, and how will it spread the brand of basketball, right? Because the, the, the truth of the matter is that if you're the NBA, if you're Adam Silver, you're loving this, right? You're loving this because you have the best player in the world who will go down as either the greatest or the second greatest player of all time, revitalizing a Lakers organization that has not, and I repeat, has not been in contention since the last NBA, NBA Finals they were in in 2009 where Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, and team won the NBA Finals, right? So, you know, the the, the Lakers have been kind of out of existence for almost a decade, right? And so the question has to be for the and, and if you're the NBA, you're loving this. It's a great storyline, right? Imagine what it would be if LeBron got this Lakers team to get to the playoffs this year, then to the Western Conference Finals next year, and then to win the NBA Finals in maybe 2020, right? 2021, excuse me. So that's got to be the biggest question there is, is, is do the Lakers have enough, right? Do they have enough to help LeBron? I think Lonzo's going to play well. I think Josh Hart's going to play well. I think Brandon Ingram is really going to shine. But can the rest of the team really pick it up under the leadership of LeBron? So, and ultimately, will the Lakers make a move in December, right? Or will the Lakers make a move before the trade deadline? Um, so it remains to be seen, right? Could the Lakers acquire Anthony Davis in a trade? Could they add a piece that's going to help LeBron and the team get further in the playoffs? So if you're a basketball fan, this was a 20-minute episode. I wanted to record this to really get this up and get the energy going. Get excited because we are 20 minutes away from the NBA season starting. Um, if you've got, like I've said on many episodes, please reach out if you've got ideas for podcasts, if you've got uh, topic ideas, um, please reach out. I really want to get those topics going. Uh, my next episode is going to come out tomorrow uh, with my great friend Vince um, and then we've got Taylor Sharp coming on the episode later this week. I'm excited to have him on. I know we've been saying that for a few days, but uh, we will get it done. Um, and the podcast is going to keep growing. So please do me a favor. Go follow me on Instagram at Gowala, H-I-R-E-N-G-I-H-W-A-L-A, and Ball Talk at Ball Talk H-W. Um, and please stay tuned. Go subscribe on iTunes. Go comment and review. Um, and until next time, I uh, hope you all enjoy the first games of the NBA season, and I will see you all on the next episode. Bye-bye.